0: Welcome to Illegal Double Team. We are Jonathan and Christina Snowden, and we love professional wrestling. Most especially the G1 Climax 29, New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is our World Series, our Super Bowl, our everything, our Taylor Swift concert.
1: (laughs) We are moving on to day three and four results.
0: Yes, spoilers ahead for Days 3 and 4. We're going to discuss those a little bit and and give the results. And then we're going to do Day 5 and 6 in a spoiler-free manner. So if you're following along with this podcast in your G1 viewing, you will not be spoiled by anything, because you will have already seen Day 3 and 4 along with us. But if not, fair warning, we're about to spoil the results of Days 3 and 4 of the G1 Climax 29.
1: All right, Day 3. That was July 14th. It's an A-block day, as all odd days will be.
0: Interesting. <laughs> There's science to that.
1: And we'll start with uh, Archer Fale. Archer defeated Fale in the Battle of the Big Men.
0: I have one word to represent my entire the entirety of my notes on this match. Existed.
1: <laughs> this match
0: existed. And that's all that need be said.
1: Well, that puts Archer at... 2-0, moves Fale
0: to 1-1. Pretty spectacular start for Mr. Archer. That's
1: right. We'll move on to Osprey defeats Sonata.
0: This was a good match. Uh, Sonata, just like uh, he can go on the mat with Zack Sabre Jr., he can kind of uh, match Osprey in the speed department, or at least like an approximation of it. And so it's, it makes for an, for an interesting match, because even though he's uh, a heavyweight and a little bit bigger, a little bit heftier, a little bit more solid... Uh, he can still do a lot of the Osprey stuff that Osprey likes to do, and that made for a, a pretty fun match, especially at the end as they kind of went into their series of counters and reversals and stuff like that. They, they, that has become like uh, the norm in a New Japan Pro Wrestling match. Uh, but they did it nicely here, and and it worked well, and, and that's always a great pleasure.
1: Yeah, it was very entertaining. Uh, that puts both of them at one and one. Okada defeated Zack
0: Sabre Jr. So I think we had labeled this as skippable.
1: uh, Yeah, well, I mean, if you like an Okada-Zack Sabre Jr. match, um, that's what you got. It's
0: perfectly fine. It's a lesser version of the form.
1: Yes, that's true. In some
0: ways, what I liked about this, though, was the length. And I know that's a backhanded compliment because it was just over 12 minutes, but sometimes it is good to me, like as a wrestling fan, uh, I like to see like the champion, like Okada, like not every match has to see him push to like 30 minutes or 28 minutes or like, you know, uh, he's the best in the world. And occasionally he's just going to demolish a fool in 12 minutes. And so, uh, I, I, like that not enough to, to think that you should watch this match in particular, but, uh, that's cool at least conceptually.
1: And uh, that keeps Okada undefeated, and it leaves Zack Sabre Jr. 0-2 to oh, yeah. start G1. <laughs> and
0: if you thought he was mad last time when he lost, like, oh, man, he's just, uh, he's he does not handle setbacks well.
1: No, this is this is not a good start. No, not at all. Evil defeated Ibushi.
0: Yeah, that was kind of this a... This
1: one was a surprise for yeah, me.
0: Yeah, and a little bit hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel pleased with the result. Um, no,
1: if I just said this is not a good start for Zack Sabre Jr., this is not a good start for Kota Ibushi either. To
0: be fair, Ibushi handles it in a, a magnanimous way, That's a different true. way. Uh, looking forward always uh, to a brighter tomorrow, um, but that doesn't mean we have to, and that doesn't mean we can't be mad. <laughs> and uh, So... I, th- I thought the 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 work of this match centered around the injured ankle of Abushi, which is a shoot injury.
1: Yes,
0: and so um, that's kind of an unusual in contemporary New Japan Pro Wrestling where. Um, while that may have been like the, the normal way matches were worked 20 years ago uh, it's really not now now it's everything is uh, spamming finishers at the end reversals I'm gonna do your move maybe uh, stuff that is not this right and so while that that was a nice change of pace in some ways, it, it also is a match that neither is really used to working and I think you kind of saw that there so the, the the typical execution of an Ibushi match, was not exactly there. He wasn't firing on on all his cylinders. It's true. And so um, I think that's what kept this from being a a must-see match.
1: And that puts Evil at one and one And then Kenta defeated Tanahashi.
0: Yes. So um, to me, like, Kenta has his swagger back, but his ring work doesn't really quite match his attitude.
1: Yeah, he's... um... Yeah, he has, really hasn't won me over yet. He hasn't convinced me. Yeah, so
0: he, his demeanor is uh, of a man who is uh, at the top of his game, best in the world, competing with these excellent uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling guys. And, and, of course, those are the kayfabe results, so it makes sense. But uh, I think that wrestling fans can sense a disconnect when what you're telling them is not what you're showing them. Right. And so that's the, the problem often when wrestling fans reject a push – by a particular wrestler, it's often because the things that they're being told don't uh, reflect the things that they're seeing with their own eyes. And for me, um, I can't speak for the Japanese fans and I can't speak for all fans because I do see some enthusiasm, Right. probably mostly from people that have a history with Kenta and, and, and as a fan. But for me, looking at it with kind of fresher eyes, um, I don't see the things I'm being told I'm supposed to see, and so I'm waiting to see them. Because I think when you, if you can match his swagger and his demeanor with the ring work that he's, he used to have or he's alleged to have, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be a good combination. But as right. of, as of right now, it's a, a good com, good not great combination. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 still hopeful though. I'm not giving up.
1: Well, that moves Kent to two and zero. And it puts Tanahashi at
0: 0-2. Yeah. Deal. So we
1: are looking at an A block with Zach Sabre Jr., Kota Ibushi, and Tanahashi with no wins.
0: Which is kind of wild because, I mean, if Very we, wild. when we were going through our list and, and trying to put together our predictions and before this event started, me and you both had our, like, matrices out and we're, we're adding up points and stuff. Uh, I think the, those were three of the four people we expected to do really well.
1: Yeah, not all the results are surprised, but we definitely did not uh, book them all being, all having two losses to start the tournament. So. Yeah,
0: and, uh, all all at once. It's interesting. It's an interesting tactic, and I guess in some ways it does deflect uh, attention off of any one of them, so no one is like has the spotlight on how poorly they're performing because everyone is, and so that's a, an interesting tactic to to get around that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, None of those were, were gonna are going to be among the, the best matches of this tournament when it's all said and done.
1: All right, we'll move on to day four. That was July 15th. It's a B-block day. And uh, Shingo defeated Yano.
0: I, I enjoyed this. It was, I did too. As far as Yano action goes, it was good. Um, I think you had an interesting take on um what made this match in, in particular uh, an, an interesting
1: uh, yeah, well, yano match that's right uh, yano had just was off a a really um really fun match with naito and it seemed obvious to me that the storyline here was shingo saw that match yes and he was not going to be fooled by all the same tricks and shenanigans from Yano. Yes,
0: like Beverly Hills Cop, where the guy's like, I ain't going to fall for no banana in the tailpipe. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, uh, Shingo was not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. That's right. And so Yano had to come up with something else. So, like, you know, he did the Eddie Eddie Guerrero special where he pretended to be hit with the chair and to trick the referee. (laughs) It was lovely. um, Yeah, lots of cool stuff. So this was Yano 2.0. This is uh, a slightly, slightly different Yano. It was like the remix Yano. And uh, I liked it. It was fun.
1: It was fun. Uh, puts both of them at one and one to start the tournament. Uh, Juice defeated Goto.
0: Yes. So we talked about this last week and you know, about how it's like uh, uh, they're trying. They're kind of meeting in the middle where Juice's uh, his career is on the rise. Yano's, uh, or Goto's Godo. is on the fall. Um, but I think it's it's interesting because we do see a lot of discussion of a re-energized Godot, and that was the whole idea. He traveled to Los Angeles. He trained with Shibata. He put himself in with the young lions at the, at the L.A. dojo.
1: La dojo. La dojo.
0: <laughs> that, that makes it fancy. It's like, the, it's like the target, the target target <laughs> of dojos.
1: Is a, this is a good joke.
0: Yes, it's a good <laughs> I don't know whose joke that is, but it's a good
1: one. It's, it started with Naito, and now I think all of L.I.J. has picked Does Isaiah he know it it that's up. a joke, though? Like, yes, okay. I mean, he knows it's a joke. All right, good.
0: Good for him. Um, but what I think is interesting is this discussion of a re-energized Godo is kind of depressing in a way for him or it should be because like okay he's a re-energized Goto, and he still can't beat Juice Robinson like it's not like he's a re-energized Godo and he can't overcome Okada in a title match it's like he can't beat the most mid-cardy of mid-card guys in a G1 Climax 29 match and so um
1: whatever he beat Jay White
0: <laughs> it's just kind of like a condemnation of where Goto stands right now and um it was a solid match
1: at well, least Juice undefeated. Yes. Good for
0: Juice. I love you know I love Juice. I do.
1: And Goto moves to one and one. Moxley defeated Cobb.
0: I didn't know exactly what to make of this match. I liked the way it felt. It was interesting and different, but at the same time, it was just like it. It didn't seem like a match that belonged in the G One Climax twenty nine. Like it was like a match they imported from some other show. <laughs> and, like, you know, they hit hit the button on the, the VCR and played this match for some reason in the middle of the New Japan show. It wasn't a New Japan match. It felt right. like that that match could have been on, like, a 1998 edition of uh, WCW Thunder or something. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't know. It was perfectly fine, and, and, and I enjoyed it as a wrestling match, but it just, it it was incongruous. Is that how you would say yeah, it, that word? Yeah, I think that works. Um, it, it, with the rest of the show, it didn't quite fit. That's how I looked at it.
1: All right, uh, Moxley stays undefeated. Cobb still hasn't picked up a win. Ishii defeats Jay White.
0: I know you love this one.
1: Yeah, well, I wax poetic enough about it in the last show, um, but I, you know, up to this point, this was my favorite match in the tournament, I think, and uh, I just, yeah, I just, I love the performances from both of these guys. Um, especially Jay White. I just, I thought this was just like a, you know, this was pinnacle Jay White. This was, this was great. And, um, and you know, it's also, we get to see Jay White go down, uh, you know, no wins, two losses. Like that's not how he wanted to start this tournament. It is
0: always delightful when a particularly obnoxious, (laughs) uh, heel uh, has his comeuppance. And, and it's happened now twice for Jay White in a row, and he, and he does not handle it well.
1: No, he started this entire tournament on just like an absolute tirade about the fact that he couldn't believe that he even had to participate in this tournament in order to get another shot at the belt. Because who deserved, who deserved a shot at the belt more than him? And while I don't necessarily disagree with his arguments, to then see him come into the tournament and immediately lose two matches, it's pretty pleasurable.
0: Yeah, he's also launched this conspiracy theory that New Japan is out to get him and the refs are slow counting him and all this stuff, uh, completely ignoring, as heels do, the fact that he comes out to every match with a two-man advantage at a minimum. Exactly. Because there's a a constant source of interference in, in Gato. So, um... I, I don't know. I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant, really brilliant, the way we talked about last week that uh, White refuses to fall into Ishii's traps. He refuses to participate in his match, and, uh, and and that's perfect. Like, that's exactly what he should be doing. If you were Jay White, that's right. a, a wrestling uh, superstar, you wouldn't want to meet this guy where he's strongest. Right. And so, yeah, that's brilliant. And you don't see that, though. Most people um, don't think that deeply, I think, maybe.
1: Well I think a part of it too is that um it, his character his heel character is not afraid to look cowardly which is kind of what you have to do in order to it's like it's it's almost a little strange but you kind of have to show like a little bit of uh, reticence or or almost cowardice to not be pulled into to Ishii's world because he literally starts every match by like asking you to hit it to hit him as hard as you can right. knowing you know that that's coming back at you right and then
0: also like being a heel who responds positively to a baby faces challenge and like is is has a lot of courage and 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 technical grace and it, it, you know all of a sudden you become a baby face yes so you know jay white is smart enough i think to to know that to be a heel you got to you got to be the bad guy and uh, and he's doing a good job of it but not in a way that's totally uh, obnoxious and doesn't fit in the New Japan world. Right. Which is what you see a lot of times is someone will come in and play it, the kind of heel that doesn't really exist yeah. there, that the fans there aren't used to seeing. And that doesn't work. Here he's just on the edge of that. And and right now I think it's really working.
1: Mm-hmm. And hmm uh, And Taichi defeated Naito. Uh,
0: I hated this match. Yeah. It, it was long, over 20 minutes, and mostly nothing happened. And it was a match that built... Like the high spot that this match built towards was Tai Chi using his like uh, – Microphone stand. Oh,
1: no, the the claw. claw That's right. That he pulled out of the
0: bag. And that's the high spot. Like everything built to that moment. And so um, that's dreadful. This was a bad match. You don't often see – like normally – so a lot of times you see a good match that's kind of like forgettable. That's your standard low-end G1 Climax match. It's always going to be good. This was a legitimately bad match. I didn't like this.
1: I was slightly amused by um, the the earliest the the earl, two earliest attempts for using the this this claw um, because you know he would it would be very dramatic and he would go get it and he would slide it on his hand <laughs> and then Naito would just kick him in and then fly across the ring. No, I mean Tai Chi is it was, is still, it was some, yeah it he's was, hilarious to yeah, watch. Yeah, there was some buffoonery there.
0: Right, but it, it just to me it didn't fit with what they were no. doing. So um, yeah, I, I didn't love it.
1: So that leaves uh, Naito with no wins to start the tournament. Oh, yeah, it's
0: very unexpected but they're doing Also here.
1: not what I predicted. Like, uh, and... uh,
0: yeah, because, you know, we, we were saying, we, I, I thought that Naito might go through the whole thing undefeated. Yes. And uh, now he's lost uh, his first two, and it's, uh, it's really uh, left me completely befuddled as to what's going to happen.
1: Well, that's why we watch. Now we'll move on to day uh, five and six, spoiler yes. free. spoiler
0: free. We're not going to say the results of these matches, only kind of give you a rough guide for which ones you need to seek out if you're trying to like um, do like a highlight version of the G129. All right.
1: Day five was July 18th. It's an A-block day. And our must-see uh, for this uh, day is Ibushi versus Osprey. And yes, you must see this match. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, you, this is not just like... M- a good one for that day like this is a good one for for the year like this was a transcendent performance um by uh, abushi i thought and it's not just moves capital m capital o capital v capital e capital s (laughs) tilde bang uh, exclamation mark not moves only but like character work and little things and uh, just masterful Yes. You you need to watch this match.
1: Yeah, so they both go into this match legitimately and with well publicized injuries.
0: It's a shoot, brother.
1: Yeah. So um they're, you know, they will work these injuries into the match.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Please watch this match.
1: Yeah, and then um just yeah, there's a lot of um just beauty and artistry um in this match from, you know, both, both guys, both performances, you know, I think personally, especially Ibushi and, uh, and, and the New Japan cameraman, like, yeah, give them a shout out. Um, this is a beautiful match to watch. And uh, we have three nice to see matches. So sort of recommending four out of the five matches. This is a pretty good night.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you have the time, like I would say that you should watch this entire show. Um, except for, uh, if you want to skip one, Okada versus uh, Fale is the skippable one. Um, without spoiling it, somebody gets attacked before the match. Somebody has a, a lot of interference helping him. I'm not going to say who. Um, it's just a garbage. It's garbage. Don't watch it.
1: <laughs> but if you do have time... To watch uh some of the other matches then uh take a look at kinta versus archer i think i like this one maybe more than you did but um you know this is um this is little man big man two people who aren't really very familiar with each other they have roles to play uh they both see um you know their specific path to victory and i think they do just a really good job um you know trying to get it done
0: yeah, the question in this match is whether can, Kenta can chop down Archer uh, before he dies. Because everybody <laughs> dies.
1: Everybody
0: dies. Uh, but I'm not going to to spoil the result, but that, that's the, the basic story of this match. And it's a good story for, for a match like this. And, and they did a, a good job with it.
1: And uh, I think Tana versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Evil versus Sonata um, had very sort of similar stories to me anyway, which is the the story of two people facing each other across the ring who know each other very well. Tana Zag Saber Jr., because in the recent past they have had a lot of matches together and evil versus sonata because they're friends they're faction mates and they're tag team partners
0: yeah the, thematically i think that was the ba- the basic story in the ring was that the the guys knew what the other one was going to do and who was going to react fastest who was going to be smarter who was going to get the jump on the other one uh, i think that sonata versus evil had an extra emotional element um, for fans, especially, um, you didn't necessarily see it with the wrestlers who had, had game faces on, but like for the fans, I think seeing partners uh, do battle is always an emotional roller coaster for fans of those, those particular wrestlers. Uh, I, I liked, uh, the, the Tanahashi Zack Sabre Jr. Match. I was like this close. I'm holding my fingers close together. Um, at making that a must see match because I just I thought it was really well done. It was like the perfect mix to me of Zach's match and Tana's match. It's a little bit of both. They they did they were in both persons world for part of this match and, and, and it, it was worked really well and the finish to this match was really good. Um, I'll say no more.
1: Alright. But
0: uh, yeah that that those were good matches.
1: We're going to move on to day six of B Block Day. It was July 19th, um, and our must-see from this day is Ishii versus Moxley.
0: Yeah, this was revelatory. This was
1: just fun. Yeah, great This was just so fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, so uh, Ishii has a match that he does. It's a good match he can get a good match out of just Ishii about... Ishii
1: is a person. Yes, he is, but he has a
0: match, a standard Ishii match. Um, and they did some of that. Some of the Ishi tough guy stuff is there, but there's also some brawling. There's also some New Japan style wrestling. There's also some stuff that looks like American wrestling. Like it's, a, it's just this great melting pot of a match. And, and to me having gone back since he's become like a thing and watched a a fair amount of of John Moxley matches and having seen a bunch of Dean Ambrose matches, uh, my opinion, this is the best match of his career in the ring. Wow. So I, I thought this was wonderful. Like this was, um, I had high hopes for the match just because Ishii is so great, but this was a match that uh, delivered beyond my expectations. And what, what a great feeling that is, because, you know, it's one thing to see a, something that you know is going to be great and it's great. And then it's just like, all right, this great thing was great. But when you, when there's something that you're not really sure about, mm-hmm. and then you watch it and you're like, wow, um, that's a different feeling. And so, um, I, I really loved it.
1: I'm giving you a crazy look. Cause I actually, what I, I was thinking the same thing, but Specifically, I was thinking it because I'm sitting here holding very expensive tickets to All Out and excited to see Moxley take on Kenny Omega. And this match gave me a lot of confidence in terms of like uh, what we might be able to see.
0: Yeah, it was it was brilliant. And so we I, we were skeptics
1: for yeah, sure. A little bit, I was. In that,
0: like, could his work hold up? Could he hold up his end of a, a high end 2019 match? Nobody knew because he had been in the WWE style. Uh, kind of handcuffed in it mm-hmm. and but this showed that yes I think yes the answer is yes and <laughs> and I'm really pleased with it and then also there was like a skit on the, the road to all out I guess yes uh, where he he kind of like explained like he that Moxley explained that he's in Japan doing this tournament in the AEW world at least to figure out who kenny is and what yeah. he's about and to see the style that he came from and the wrestlers he's competed against and get a feel for what he does it's like
1: that is brilliant yeah. i literally melted off the couch i was just <laughs> like oh my god this
0: is great like if you would have told me at the beginning of this year it's like uh dean ambrose is going to be one of your guys <laughs> i would just been like "What?" i mean i you'd have gotten slapped for saying something like that
1: but does it does it ever stop and make you think like what is the WWE sucking out of these other performers? Like who who what other hidden gems are in there just being like turned into these terrible robots that I find so boring I can't even watch the product from week to week. Like
0: they instill that in them. That's the most amazing thing. And I don't want to turn this into a WWE like shoot interview or something, but it's like <laughs> they 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 intentionally uh take all the life out of these people to make them fit into some some box that they think a wrestler's supposed to be in, and do these things like uh and it's it does make me so happy to see someone escape that who wanted to yeah, and um maybe there's more of that, but I mean obviously the ultimate best solution would be for them to be able to just do what they do in w w e Exactly. That might, that might help WWE with their consistently <laughs> declining audience. Like I, I'm just spitballing here. I'm no expert. I'm no genius like Eric Bischoff or whoever. But I mean like letting people do what they're good at Yeah. Uh, maybe is a good beginning to your journey towards uh, drawing in a, a huge uh, increasing audience. I don't know.
1: All right. And uh, then we had one nice to see on day six. And, um, that was Shingo versus Tai
0: Chi. Yeah. So I love Shingo. He's the junior heavyweight, uh, Ishii in that he's a wrestler. Who's not, you're not, he's not gonna allow you to take a night off. So for Tai Chi, basically every night is a night off. (laughs) He just wants to screw around, pull faces, like, you know, be a goofball, tear off his pants, tear off his pants, eventually (laughs) cheat, bring uh, his hot, uh, ring attendant out, Like, that's what he wants to do. Um, Shingo is not having any of that. If you're in the ring with him, you're going to have a a good, hard-hitting, fast-paced match. That's just how it's going to be. And that's what it was. It was a a good match, a really good wrestling match.
1: And uh, unfortunately, we had three matches to skip on this night.
0: Yeah, this was kind of the pits.
1: Juice versus Cobb, Goto versus Naito, and Yano versus Jay White.
0: Uh, it pains me to say it, and I hope he doesn't listen. Statistically, he probably does not, <laughs> based on the, the handful of people that do. Probably most of them I know personally, and we know personally. But um, the standard of work here is so high, and, and Jeff Cobb just can't meet it. That's just what we're seeing. And so no one is interested in this match. And, and we've talked before about it. the crowd loves juice. Mm-hmm. So they're there for juice. Right. But no one cares about this because it's just not at the standard that you need to be at to be a match in the G1 Climax 29. It's just not. And I, 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 I don't like saying that, but that's just what I, my opinion.
1: All right. And uh, I believe that we have accidentally skipped questions day after day. Uh, so I, I think we have a couple of uh, listener questions.
0: Well, yeah, we every time we've done this, which is now, what, three times?
1: Yes. Like we've
0: intended we to, to do. We get to the
1: end and say, oh, crap. Oh,
0: forget the questions. <laughs> and now you've brought them up and I can't find them. Okay, so the, let's do like at least a couple of them. All right. And we may have tackled them a bit by way of just chatting here. Okay. But, um, Cryptop wants to know, uh, how many points do you think wins the A block? And that's a really interesting question.
1: Yeah. Um, so A block is tricky because Okada sits in there.
0: Yes. So like this B block where you have the the, the huge favorite is Naito and he lost the first two matches. Right. And so um, who knows oh, what's going to happen. I would have happen. thought
1: that Jay White would have been yeah. your second favorite. And he and lost, he the, lost, two lost two the first matches. two matches. So you don't
0: really know. And and conceivably, though, those people could lose a bunch of matches.
1: Yeah. There Consequences
0: be a- aren't that right. high.
1: Yeah. But with Okada, your champion, and, and your, your strong dominant champion, right? Um, yeah, he just can't eat that many losses.
0: Right. Because they have to. They don't have to. But to, traditionally, they give out a title shot to anyone who right. pins and besides, a champion in the G1. You just don't
1: want your strong dominant champion yeah, to it's not, take a bunch of losses. No one
0: does WWE 50-50 um, booking here.
1: All right. So I would guess that that means... Fourteen, or possibly 13. Two losses and, and a, a draw. draw.
0: Yeah, so seven. He's that's saying that Okada is going to win seven out of nine matches. I
1: just don't see him eating three losses.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would be difficult to see that.
1: That's just. I mean, that's well, just my guess. I mean, I maybe they want to
0: run a bunch be, of title that's be, matches. That's what I'm saying. I could I don't be know. totally wrong. But I mean, you could definitely see him losing to Ibushi. You could definitely see him losing to Kenta. Which is how they traditionally book these uh outsider matches.
1: Yeah, and two um two title matches before January I think is pretty common. Yeah. So So you
0: could see two. And also like, you know, they like he likes and they the fans seem to like a the Sonata match. Um, the other one I might have seen him the other two that I might have seen him losing were Zack Saber Junior and Tanahashi but he's already won those. um, and Fale is a wrestler that could beat him. So I don't, has in the
1: past. So so, uh,
0: I'm going to say I'm with you probably 13 or 14 points. is going to be what the winner is going to have. So,
1: so that's what I think.
0: Yeah. It's going to, it's going to take an extraordinary effort to, to topple the champ.
1: Uh, All right. What else?
0: So we, we discussed this a little bit. Eric Gutierrez wants to know our thoughts on Mox's performance in the G1 so far.
1: Um,
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, I've uh I I was a skeptic. I wasn't really sure. I had never um uh, personally seen much out of Dean Ambrose um that made me all that interested.
0: Um, yeah, I thought he was the worst guy in the shield, which I didn't particularly right. like,
1: which is saying a lot because Yeah, so we don't really like <laughs> very much. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, it is. <laughs> It is what it is. Like the most notable thing about Dean Ambrose to me was that I saw him in an airport once and I thought it, like in real life he was really handsome. Yeah,
1: I remember you telling me that. And he
0: was wearing like cool like cowboy boots and stuff like yes. so I was And then in... I
1: was like, yeah, of course he's handsome. He's super hot. And you were like, "What? Dean Ambrose is hot?"
0: <laughs> and yeah, he totally is. Who knew? But I knew cuz I'd seen him in an airport in his real life in his real life gimmick.
1: <laughs> his real life gimmick. Um
0: that has gotten far from the point
1: but so from everything from the way he asked to go into the G1 to teaming up you know to to deciding that he needed his own personal young lion um to you know the way that um the the way that he's just kind of mesh so easily with Shota. like it's just like it seems really natural. Like, Shota carries the belt. He seems really proud about it. They've been working well in their tag matches. Um, I think Shota
0: said in the backstage comments, he was like, I follow me. I I will follow this man anywhere. (laughs) Like, I was like, this is great stories. They just, and that's in addition all that's in addition to the the wrestling matches yes. which he's done a great job with. But
1: like the whole thing, like everything, like it just, you know, his his character and the way he, that he interacts with the crowd, I I, I think it's been great. Yeah. I I it's to me it's like a bigger, it's he's had like a bigger impact um overall then most of the other wrestlers that I've seen come into the G1 in the last like three years from, you know, from other, other promotions, like this feels like it feels bigger. It feels like a, like it's just the whole, the whole experience is much bigger than just like, you know, Hey, here's this guy we haven't seen before. How is he going to do against our guys?
0: Yeah. And, and frankly, you know, with respect to ring of honor, you know, we give them money every month. Right,
1: stuff. but I was even thinking about, like, Moro Fuji and yeah, some or, of those guys. Yeah, or a,
0: Jap- a much smaller Japanese promotion. Like, in the day when NOAA or All Japan Pro Wrestling or UWFI was a big one that came in to compete with with New Japan, like, in the past, those would have been huge, epic matches. But, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, you've seen the shows that they run, right. like, All Japan runs and stuff. Like, it, these are not comparable, and everybody kind of knows it. But meanwhile... Um, WWE is WWE. Right, right. And the fact that he, you know, can claim that he was the, the champion there, like that means something in Japan, I think. And and so he's a big American star coming. I mean, it's like Jericho in a sense. Yeah. And uh, so it it it's meaningful. And then he's delivered in every it, way imaginable.
1: It's just to me personally, it's so different than that, though, because uh, Jericho's just Jericho. He's Jericho all the time. He's Jericho in the WWE. He's Jericho in AEW. He's Jericho in New Japan. I am a person who legitimately has zero interest in Dean Ambrose. None. Whatsoever. But you told me he's named John Moxley, and he starts doing all this stuff, and suddenly, like, I'm his biggest fan.
0: I mean, it was the most... It's
1: like a whole different person, as far as I'm concerned. It was the most
0: incredible surprise when the weird knife pervert, who they did all the promo <laughs> videos for, fighting Juice Robinson, of all people, yes. uh, in the midcard, like turned out to be John Moxley like unbelievable
1: if you were like hey Juice Robinson's gonna have a match with Dean Ambrose I'd have been like that's weird but I don't
0: care <laughs> how many times can I press fast forward is this an 8x is this a 20x remote I'm not sure but, but no it's oh, it was an awesome match just, and he's just killing it yeah that was the answer to the question
1: okay he's, he's killing it yeah it's,
0: it's been amazing and let, let's save some more, some of these for um for the next time We'll we'll remember next time too
1: Alright, sounds good.